Jesus, you know exactly where we are tonight, this morning, Lord. You know exactly where our hearts are. You know exactly what we've came here with on our shoulders. Some of us have come with heavy, heavy burdens today. And so, God, I pray as we open up your word that you would show us something real. You would show us something new. You would show us something that you have for us in this moment today. So, Lord, we love you and we give you praise in us in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a seat. And if you wouldn't mind, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. As I was studying and praying through today and thinking about you guys and thinking about Father's Day and thinking about everything. Um, we've been going through this series for the past couple of weeks called Old School, and we're going to continue this throughout the, uh, throughout the summertime. And today's message, I had originally planned to talk about Jacob and Esau. And after praying through it and after really seeking the Lord and just really asking God, is that the direction we need to go? He kind of changed the plan. So here's what I want you to do on the top of your note sheet. I want you to scratch out Jacob and Esau. I want you to scratch that out and write Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac. <clears throat> and that's who we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, Abraham and Isaac. I'll never forget, I can't remember if I've shared this with you guys, I'll never forget the moment that I found out that I was going to be a dad. Um, I was a pastor, or I was a youth pastor in a little church in middle Georgia, and I was over at my pastor's house, and we were having staff meet. It was just us on staff, so we could have staff meeting really wherever we wanted, and we were having staff meeting over at his house, and we were drinking coffee, sitting at his kitchen table, and I got a text from Megan, and it said, this is all it said, there are two lines and I was like what there are two lines I said what do you mean there are two lines well she had taken a pregnancy test and two lines meant that she was pregnant and I was like what do you mean there's two lines take another one what do you mean and so she said I've already taken three she said, there's two lines, we gotta go to the doctor. And I said, oh no. At this time, I, we were living about an hour from where I was serving, and uh, about, uh, probably about 45 minutes. I made it home in 20. And, um, and so I got home and loaded up in the car, and I said, all right, so we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, in fact, you are pregnant. And I'll never, ever, ever forget getting back in the car and just thinking, oh man, I am not ready for this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be a horrible dad. You know, I'm praying, God, do you, you know, I, I, all the things that I, I've never, like, this is first, and I'll, ne I'll never forget just sitting there, just crying over the fact that I was about to have a kid you know, down, months down the road that we were going to have a kid. And I was excited. I was scared. I was nervous. I was all these things. I, I was just so, so, so taken back at the fact that I was going to be a dad. And in that moment, all I could think of is, okay, Jesus, I need you. 
I need you, especially if it's a girl. I need you because I don't know what in the world. You know, I'm an only child, so I, I don't understand siblings. Of course, Megan has brothers and sisters, and, and but I, I don't get it, and I, girls are weird. So I, I'm like, I don't know, you know, what in the world. And then Lily was born, and my life changed. I wept in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, room in the hospital and um and just couldn't like I was in love with this precious precious daughter and uh, my precious precious daughter and and I'll never forget you know Lucy and Eli you know having you know little Tony Stark or Hiro Kamada whichever one it is that day and and uh just I tell you there's nothing like being a dad and and when you think about it I know there are dads in here but most of you aren't dads and and you're going Ryan the this is Father's Day. You'll see where I'm going with this. But, man, there's something about it because the responsibility that's put on your shoulders is huge because I'm going to tell you, I love my kids. Just like your dad uh, loves you, and you might think, man, my dad doesn't love me a whole lot. Your dad loves you. Your dad loves you. And when I think about how much I love my kids, it is, it, it is unmatched. It is just I love I love my kids, and when I think about Scripture, I think about this story in Genesis chapter 22. I want to. I we're gonna. We're gonna hone in on Genesis 22, and we're gonna read some Scripture here this morning. But I want to explain the love of the father and a son. Uh, excuse me, a love of a father and of a son. And then the love of the Father for His Son, Jesus. And we're going to put all this together. We're going to unpack it. And so this morning, I'm just going to, I'm going to invite you to pray with me as we dive in this scripture, as we see uh, what's going on here and um, just what God has for us. Lord, I love you so much. And I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place this morning as we talk through your scripture and a familiar story as we take something out of the Old Testament and bring it to a new uh, era and what it has to do with us, Lord. We just thank you for your word, how it's alive and how it's, it's just living and active. So, Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise. And it's in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. All right, so Abraham, let me set the scene. Abraham is about 100 and between 100 and 120 years old. He has a son named Isaac. Now, Isaac is at this time, you'll, we always think that Abraham and Isaac, if you've heard the story in Sunday school, you've heard the story in Little Church, you, you know, you, go, you hear all these stories. We always think that Isaac is a small kid. But no, he's actually a little older than you. And because of some of the scripture, I'll show you in a second. He's thought to be in his late teens, early 20s. So he's, he's a young man, but in this case, he's not a child. I want you to understand that he's not a child. He could be between your age and a young adult. So everybody makes sense? That makes sense. We got this old guy named Abraham, and we have Isaac, his son, and we're going, that's an unlikely pair, and you can read the story on how that birth happened, and it was just, it was a God thing. And so now we get to the scene. Abraham is being tested in one of the biggest tests ever, ever. And so we see this starting in verse one. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham. 
And Abraham said, here I am. And I love the fact that most people in Scripture, anytime God calls on them, their immediate response is, here I am. That is just, it's, it's just great. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice them, him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. Check this out. Pause. Time out. Isaac, or, uh, Abraham had prayed for his son for years and years and years and got this son. God blessed him with this son. And God tells Abraham, today or you need to set, get everything ready and tomorrow you're going to leave and you're going to go and you're going to sacrifice your son. Uh, excuse me, God. Uh, I think there's, uh, uh, I can't hear you, a little static on the line. And, and, but he tells him, and if, if I was sitting right there, I would be, God, this is kind of strange, but let's keep reading. Abraham, verse three. Early the next morning, he got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. He wasted no time he did exactly what God told him to do. God said, go, you're going to go, take your son. And he did. And he said, in the very next morning, he got up and saddled his donkey. That meant that he didn't waste any time. He took with him his two servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over here. Now, again, that boy right there in the Hebrew means that you, some versions you might read say lad, lad. In the Hebrew, that literally means an older teenager, younger adult. So lad, if you see that, it's boy, which means lad, which means young adult, older teenager between your age and a young adult. And so we see this. And so they've been traveling for three days. Imagine the anticipation on Abraham's heart and mind as he is traveling, knowing that God has told him to sacrifice his son. Imagine, imagine all the thoughts that were happening and going in his brain. I, I'm thinking of all the sleepless nights, those three days that they were traveling, the nights that, that he was laying there next to his son, and his son is just, it, it, I, I can only imagine him laying there just looking at his son and just thinking, and I can imagine tears just welling up in his eyes. As a father loves his son, but God has given him something to do. He's given him a directive, and then we see this interesting verse. When I read this, it was, it was one of those where I circled in my Bible these two words. Abraham's talking to his servants, and he said, we will worship, and then we will come back to you. It's very interesting that through the tears, through the thoughts, through the, through the mileage that they had put, he says, we will worship you and then we will come back to you. We'll hit back at that in a second. 
Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, he said, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And I, again, in my mind's eye, being a dad, his son's carrying the wood for the offering, which will be himself. And he's carrying that on his shoulders up to this mountain, up this mountain. And Abraham's hearing his son say these words and just, I, I can't even imagine. And Abraham probably through tears, broken voice, he says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went up together. He was still, still banking on the fact that God was going to provide. Remember he said earlier, we will worship you and we will come back to you. Remember that? He just was trusting the Lord. He was trusting on what God had to do. But he said, God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on to the together in verse 9 when they reached the place God had told them about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood can you imagine can you picture I know this might seem graphic but can you imagine this in your mind's eye a father taking his son and binding his hands and his feet after he'd already placed out the wood and laying him on this altar. Laying him on this altar. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And as you can imagine, just, I don't know if you can, I can't imagine this, but the father taken out this knife and being able just about to plunge it into his son. But, verse 11, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. You see those things right after his name? What are those called? Exclamation points. Very good. You're out of school. This is summertime, I understand. But those things are called exclamation points. And so when we see this, he calls out, Abraham, Abraham. Not only is this interesting that his name is called out, it says that the angel of the Lord, does anybody know what that means? Jesus. The angel of the Lord, Jesus, calls out to Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. And what is his response? What does he say? I'm doing this. I'm going for it. I'm doing what you tell me to do. Now, what does he say? Somebody tell me. He says, here I am. And Jesus says, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son. Listen, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over there, took the ram and sacrificed it as the burnt offering instead of his son. 
So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Verse 15, the angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And I think about the love of this father and I think about what, what we see here is Abraham is so entrenched in the father's love and he's so entrenched that he is going to be faithful to the Lord that he was willing to do whatever it takes. He was willing to go wherever it meant to go. It was, he was willing to do whatever it meant to do, even if it hurt himself. He was faithful. He was so faithful. But why was he faithful? That's the question. Why was he so faithful? Why, was he, why did he take God at his word when he said to go and sacrifice your son and he said you know what I'm going to do it God 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 told me to do it I'm going to go I'm going to I want to kill my son for God what he said why is he doing this because he trusted the Lord and we sang this morning trust it all that is one of my favorite songs that we've been singing here lately and he is just trusting in God, that God was going to provide, that, that God was going to do what he had to do. God was going to be the sustainer. God was going to come in and show us that, that he is faithful. And so you sit here and you go, w- w- is that still something that God would do today to, uh, to, 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 for me to take my son if I had a son one day to sacrifice him? Would God call me to do something that drastic? Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think so. But what God is calling you to do today is two things. God is calling you to trust him with everything that you've got going on in your world. He's calling you to trust him with the problems that are happening. He's calling you to trust him with the discouragement that you're feeling. He's calling you to trust him in those moments where you feel all alone. In those moments this summer where you're just you're ready for school to start because you don't you don't have anybody to hang out with or you're bored or you see all your friends doing all fun things and you're sitting there going, "What's the deal?" And you're going, you know, you you need to trust him. You need to trust them in those moments where you don't feel like things are going right, when your parents are screaming at each other and when your brothers and sisters are fighting and those temptations are coming your way, whatever it is, you need to fully trust God. Because number two is always true. God is faithful. God is faithful. Write that down. God is faithful. If you don't take any notes today, that's one of those things that you need to write down. God is faithful. And the reason I say that is because he is. He is. He was so faithful to take a guy like Abraham and bless him with a son and provide a ram so that he would not 
sacrifice his son. But you know what? God's calling some of you to give some things up for him. God's calling some of you to see how far you would go to just put all your trust in him. He's calling some of you to step out and you say, well, the summertime, I don't, my, my influence is not as big as it is during the school year. Oh, yes, it is. Your influence is huge. And God is calling some of you to take that next step, to take that step of, of trust and take that step of faith and just give everything to him. And you say, everything, Ryan, that's a big word. Well, yes, everything. And you're saying, Ryan, it's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning on Father's Day. I'm not, I'm not, listen. The reason God wants everything and honestly, the reason God wants your all, look up here. Because God gave his all. God gave his all for you and me. So I was studying this and I, I, was, I was looking through everything in here. I was looking through the, the scripture and I was thinking about the, the, uh, the sacrifice of Abraham and Isaac. And I came across this and I, I can't take credit on this, but it's cool. It's super cool. The parallels between Abraham and Isaac and God and Jesus. Check this out. God told Abraham to take your son, your only son. In verse 2, check this, write this down. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? His one and only son. One and only son, check this out. Verse two, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there. Check this, it is believed that this area where the city of Jerusalem was built, many years later, where Jesus was crucified outside the city walls. Hebrew thir Hebrews 13, 12, write that down, so cool. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Verse two, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Abraham took the wood, check this. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, verse six. And what did Jesus do in John 19, 17? He carried his own cross. So big. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering, verse seven? John said, look, John the Baptist said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, John 1, 29 and I love this the resurrection Isaac was this was a figurative resurrection and Jesus in reality Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says this by faith Abraham when God tested him offered Isaac as a sacrifice he who received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son even though God has said to him it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead and figuratively speaking he did receive Isaac back from the dead and what happened with Jesus 1 Corinthians 15, 4, it says, he was buried and was raised on the th third day according to Scripture, according to God's Word, according to God's faithfulness. So I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, to trust in God that we 
would trust in him, that we would lean into him, that we would have, have all the courage to trust that God is faithful, that he is faithful. So here's what I want you to say. Trust. Y'all say it. Trust. And say faithful. Trust. Faithful. We need to trust that God is faithful every moment of every day. Let me pray for you guys. God, I love you so much, and I thank you for these teenagers. I thank you for your word. I thank you that this, this example of Scripture of Abraham and his faithfulness to you was all because he trusted you that you were faithful, and God, you were always faithful. And so this morning, God, I just ask that you would bless these teenagers. God, I pray, and as we look at your faithfulness, God, that you would just let us lean into that. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for being trustworthy. And God, I pray that this, this week that we would trust you with everything, with everything. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Go get another donut if, there's, if they're there. See you in big church. It's going to be a great day.